Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is John Pugh with the Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh podcast, our second of the, uh, I guess the reboot of the Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh podcast. And we're going back to one of our favorites, the second episode of the original OG Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh podcast with Adam Eckert from Crank Arm Brewing, talking about how they got started over there. Uh, just a couple of notes. Uh, you are going to hear some references to our old location for House of Swank on Bloodworth. We've now moved. We're now at 119 East Hargett Street in beautiful downtown Raleigh. Again, that's 119 East Barbecue East Barbecue Street, 119 East Hargett Street in downtown Raleigh. And as always, at HouseofSwankClothing.com. So without any further ado, let's uh, go back into to the archives, 2017, where we talked to Adam Eckert at Crank Arm Brewing. Hey, we're talking with Adam Eckert from Crank Arm Brewing today, so stick around. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number dose of the Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh podcast, where we talk with all the rad folks about all the rad things going on in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm your host, John Pugh, and today we're talking with Adam Eckert from Crank Arm Brewing Company here in downtown Raleigh. We're also talking about beer and wrestling and peeing on an electric fence, so stick around. The Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh podcast, as usual, is brought to you by the House of Swank Clothing Company in beautiful downtown Raleigh. House of Swank makes the raddest North Carolina, Raleigh, and Southern-themed t-shirts on the planet, period. Come check out the shop at 315 South Bloodworth Street in downtown Raleigh, or check us out online at houseofswankclothing.com. And make sure to use a coupon code Raleigh and get $5 off your first order. $5. What a bargain. That's enough jibber jabber. That's enough talking. Let's get to with it. Let's talk with Adam Eckert from Crank Arm Brewing in downtown Raleigh. So here we are. Hello. Here we are. At, where are we at, Adam? We're in lovely downtown Raleigh. What's up? Uh, we're at the corner of Martin and Salisbury Street at lovely Capital Club 16. Enjoying some beverages on a spring-like winter day, and uh, it's unbelievable. I know, it's was 70, 6 o'clock. Yeah. Cheers. So, cheers. Yeah, yeah here. Um, yeah, Capital Club, this is one of our favorite joints. We, we come here almost at least weekly, and I mean, like my son is like grew up here, so yeah, he's <laughs> they've always been really cool with him like that. We're definitely going to these guys. Good food, good people. So, so um, basically, we're just going to talk about... Um, the whole idea of this is kind of like makers and shakers and kind of like how you, know, you guys started and like you personally, like what's your thing? So so basically, what's your story, Adam? Oh, man. Moved to Raleigh a long time ago, uh, 1999. And this city, uh, Fayetteville Street, was a pedestrian mall. There were some cool little spots like the Old King's, which was over next to a place called Vertigo Diner, oh, which is now Pool's Diner. I love the Old King's. And... Uh, Let's see what else was downtown. Not a lot. There wasn't a lot going on, but something I liked about the city. So I came here. A bunch of friends were here. Moved here. Been here since, like I said, 99. Old Stingray was open. Missed the Stingray, too. Jackpot. Uh, jackpot came later. Uh, that's, yeah. right. that's right. Yeah, that's right. It, was, yeah. it was much later. Actually, not much. Maybe a few years, but sort of didn't go to Jackpot as much as Stingray. Yeah. Uh, but, so uh, where where'd you grow up at? Where's, where's your, so, where are you from originally? Oh, right? wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm a carpet bagger. Uh, <laughs> I grew up until I was about 15 in upstate New York, oh, uh, right outside of Albany, New York. 
um, on the backside of the Berkshire Mountains. So, gotcha. like, if you know where gotcha. Tanglewood is, I was about 30, 45 minutes from there. I grew up on a, a farm. I'm a farm boy. I love the urban living now, but I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. The, yeah. the sticks of the sticks. Um, bad bad uh, economy in the north, and my mom got her job down here because we had family, and so we moved to Topsail Island. Oh, right so I went to Topsail High, went to ECU, <laughs> lived in Wilmington for a year, and then moved here. All right. so that's pretty much all the places I've lived. Yeah. Uh, but, wow, yeah, Raleigh, uh, just something about it. Really dug it. Stayed in town, did some traveling around the, around the country, but just... Decided to set roots here. Uh, worked for the same company for nine years, and then 2009, the economy just shit the bed. I lost my job. I worked for a small company, did audio video work, and that was uh, that was devastating. It was part of my identity. It was like I played music in a local band that I, we played from 2004 to 2013. And um, what, what band was that? That was a Rooster for the Masses. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I played music in downtown and stuff and had that job. And when I lost that job, worst economy ever, trying to find a job was just not happening. Started planning Crank Arm. Had a different name then. I won't share the name. It was a horrible yeah. name. Uh, we uh, started on that journey and down that road. And then I met my first business partner who wanted to open a rickshaw bar. I wanted to open a cycling pedestrian friendly uh, brewery. And that sort of, the peanut butter and chocolate came together. Really got traction around end of 2012 we found a location found michael morris our head brewer and my other business partner and uh signed our lease december 12 in the former white collar location and then got rocking and rolling we opened in july of uh 2013 here it is almost almost four years later so when did you start brewing beer started brewing beer in 06 yeah. uh ish somewhere around there i can't exactly remember Started with a really simple, uh, like everyone else does, this little, little instant kits. Jobbers. Yep, five yeah. gallon kit. I think the first batch I did was an extract batch. I think after that I did the you know the powdered extract. Probably did three batches and then went straight to all grain. So really got heavy into the brewing. So it sort of made sense. It, you know, I started traveling and tasting beers that weren't legal in North Carolina. Um, yeah, like 07, pop the cap happened. Then all of a sudden you could get more beer here. Right. I think around then there were 07 to 09, there were 30 breweries in North Carolina. We're fastly approaching 200 now. <laughs> so it's sort of interesting um, with the numbers of things that um, have opened now and just where we've come from, you know, since Pop the Cap when the, yeah. the, the, the alcohol restriction was lifted off beer. And that was a, that was a um, percentage basis? Yeah, I think it, we, were, we were pinned. <laughs> At six and a half percent, and um, you know now now we can brew up to to fifteen uh, fifteen percent, uh, which lets you brew pretty much any any um, style you want more yeah, or less. Right on, cool. Unless it's crazy, which is also about the same alcohol volume as by volume as wine. Yeah. So how many? So you guys, have, what's your capacity? What's how many? So to sort of put things in perspective for folks, we're probably. This year we'll we'll make more. Last year we made somewhere around fifteen hundred barrels. Barrels thirty one gallons. Uh, your half barrel, which is what everyone's used to calling a keg, that's a half barrel. That's uh, fifteen point five gallons. So basically double the fifteen hundred. It's about three thousand half barrel kegs a year. To put it in perspective, it's not a, it's not a ton. 
Uh, it's not a little, uh, but we also brew our beer in a 600 square foot space right now. Oh, so, no kidding! Wow. Well, I mean, you look when you go into the brewery and you look at the back of the brewery. That's where all the beer is. Yeah. That's where we make all of it. So you know, we have a 3,800 square foot tap room. 3,200 square feet of that is basically tap room. Yeah. Um, the rest is for brewing and storage and bathrooms and stuff. So. I love your beer. I'm not just saying to kiss your ass. I, mean, I, I well, really appreciate that. that. Is, I mean, I, I think not, we're doing something all right. I mean, it's tasty. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's. I don't know, that's, that's one thing about Raleigh's. I, I mean, how many? I mean, they, they've grown in the last three years. What are we up to now? Like fifteen or something like so that. So I would look at like Wake County. I think we're at twenty-five ish somewhere okay. around there. Which puts us right on par with like the same area as what Asheville has. Yeah, yeah. Right. or that's a guesstimation. Maybe it's maybe it's not quite that. Maybe it's um, maybe it's a little little more area here. You know, Wake County, but yeah. still, you it's know, a bunch of beer. Yeah, it is, I mean, and, we're, like, and we're making great beer, man. I mean, we won a, a Great American Beer Festival medal, and four other breweries in the area, or three other breweries in the area did two five medals in the same area. Asheville only took two home this year. <laughs> so if you want to talk about Beer City, North Carolina, yeah. now, High Point also brought home like three or four, two for one brewery. Uh, uh, they killed it this year. It's a friend of Michael's, and I mean, it's a friend of mine now. Uh, Ian from Brown Truck, they brought home a bunch of medals. But, yeah. but we're making good beer. Um, the breweries that are making consistently good beer or great beer are really, you know, celebrating success and, and growing. Um, you know, you go around town and you'll see, if you see an increasing number of tap handles when you go around and yeah. you'll see somebody who's got, you, you go in almost every place and you see their beer, yeah. you know they're doing well. And if it stays that or gets more, then you know they're doing well. But if you go around and then, like, successively you'll see less, then, you know, they're probably not doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's usually a pretty good uh, indicator. So, so what's in, so what is... What one piece of advice? So if you got somebody and they're like, I got a bucket, I got a spout, I don't know anything about brewing beer. What's the one piece of advice you would give to someone just starting out? Oh, man, uh, always start with The Joy of Homebrewing by Charlie Papazian. It's informative and entertaining book, and it's a it's a good place to start. Um, it'll give you recipes, give you a general idea. That's where you start, and he'll tell you all the equipment you need. Yeah. And that book was written in, like, I think late 70s. Yeah. You know, uh, Charlie Papazian, he just stepped down as the president of the Brewers Association. Oh, he was still active until recently. Yeah, until recently, but he's still, I shook his hand while I walked across that stage, and man, I I bear hugged that guy. I was supposed supposed to fist bump him, and that's it. See you you guys. Um, So, uh, but that is the, that's where you start. That is the the book, that's that's the the Bible. There's definitely more technical brewing books to read, but uh, but that is the. That cost me 13. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I chugged down two of them. But it's delicious, wasn't it? Oh, my God, that's great. Yeah. Nice unfiltered. Oh, yeah. Keller style. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I have for dinner now. Yeah, no. No, no, you drank your dinner before. Thanks again. <laughs> See you, John. I'll get two more. Um, oh, yeah, so so that's a great place to start. Um, always. That's now, where I would start. Now, you do eat deep now. So you brew all day. I don't brew anymore. You don't brew, so you're done with the... You're yeah, Michael does all the brewing. Okay. I'm out doing stuff like this, having right. fun, uh, but it's selling the beer, marketing, gotcha. social media, gotcha. okay, um, cool. brand development things. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Michael Michael gets to have all the fun in the brewery. We have assistant brewer, Charlie, that helps him out. Uh, that's it. I mean, yeah, I don't get to brew anymore. I do tastings and, yeah. you know, uh, in the mornings to make sure that we're up to on QC and we do yeah. test panels and control and stuff like that. My pal- I've still got a great palate, um, and I can talk to Mike about beer recipes. We try things and like yeah. talk about tweaks and you know what we're gonna do next. And 
<coughs> and things like that. But if I wanted to jump back and brew, it's great. But I don't have six hours, seven hours to go in there and do that now anymore. Yeah, right. It's, it's uh, you know, we've, we've found our, our niches in what we're, we're best at. And while well, I can brew the hell out of some beer, right. you know, Michael's been doing it 18 years professionally. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to him. Yeah, right. You know. So, so, how many partners do you have now? We have a bunch. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah, a whole handful, right? <laughs> yeah, and there's ups and downs to that, right? Like, you've got, you know, diversity of folks, like, all have an input, they've all got, like, their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, for Barians, it's like, we we don't have a business plan, per se. We have, like, a business, like, ideal, and kind of what we want to do is, like, you know, projections. We kind of, we have a rough projection, but, like, yeah, it's it's yeah it's. We have uh, we've started doing metrics a lot more, and we've had things that have helped us with that. Yeah. But everything's rough because you, you just don't know for sure. But you, you have goals and projections and all this boring stuff that God I hate I hate to talk about. But uh, you know, I like to look at the bigger picture things. Like, all right, what what do we want to release for beer wise? You know, what are the things you want to develop? Right. Uh, what are the, the the specialty things? I mean got in this because of specialty beers and making original delicious stuff yeah um our barrel aging program is very exciting to us you know the souring and the spirit age stuff that's ours nuts by the way that's i first, love the first the, thing you did. uh yeah it, we've made two versions of it now and we've got more coming out and it's really good i'm really happy with it that's i'm really happy that you're happy it's awesome <laughs> yeah. it's really good I mean, yeah it's uh you know, somebody that doesn't really drink a lot of beers, like man, that's like the prosecco of beers. I'm yep. like a little drier, but yeah, you're right. That's about that's a good little spot to, to put it in. Um, so those are the things that are you know exciting to me. You know, we've got to pay attention to all those business-driven things. Otherwise, you go out of business. And that's a thing that happens with a lot of small businesses is that you're you're a passion person, right? You know, and it's it's noticed and people flock to you and and your brand because of the passion. But you got to have somebody in the back end running the books, and you've got to pay attention to those numbers because if you don't, then your passion will put you out of business. Oh, absolutely. And you can grow out of business by being excited and being like, well, this should be everywhere. Well, maybe not yet. Right. And maybe not as fast. Or maybe it needs to be faster. So that's what all that stuff in the back end is, which, you know, either someone has an act for it or they don't. And if you're a person that wants to start a business and you don't have an act for that, you need a partner or you need to hire somebody that does. Otherwise, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. My wife does like, any number yeah. stuff. Like she handles that. Like I, I basically like post snarky crap on Facebook. Yeah, and that's yeah. Much well, we, we all, we're all talented at something, right? That's, so, yeah, I mean, that's, and when you know what it is, like it's let the people that are good at those things do those things. I, I'm not good at numbers. I'm, I, you know, that's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, you give me numbers to count to, I can count to. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's she's a she's really, she's a whiz at it. I I I take pictures of like you know my kid and like sidewalks and crap and just like you know that's the yeah. but it works right I'm, it's sort of I guess yeah, yeah it's good yeah. So, alright so we talked about beer we talked about business we talked about everything let's get the important stuff barbecue tomato, yeah tomato vinegar neutral I like both yeah yeah you're a, you're a barbecue agnostic yeah I mean yeah we live in an area where you can be we're yeah. like right in the middle of it I know. Yeah, sort of awesome we're close to the yeah we're, I grew up in Climax North Carolina which yeah. is south of Greensboro so that was yeah. Kind of in the barbecue DMZ, and if it's in, if it's on a plate, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, if I'm cooking it. It's going to be vinegar based because I'm really, I'm really lazy. Well, I think we can all agree pork. though that barbecue is pork. That's it been is pork. slow roasted. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's other states that have this completely wrong, and you know, cows. They, they, yeah, anything chickens. That, yeah, goats, when they grill, they call elephants. that barbecuing. Yeah, or a barbecue. They're, it's not a verb. Sadly mistaken. Not a verb. So I'll agree on that. Yeah, I mean, I hate to give you the political answer, but 
Yeah, I like both. Yeah. Uh, That's what's way to take it out, though. I, 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 yeah. I like where you know, like your head's at. Yeah, you, gotta, <laughs> you know your audience. <laughs> all right, so, all right, so we got the barbecue thing. So your all-time favorite wrestler. All-time favorite wrestler. Oh man, uh, Andre the Giant! Come on, guys! Oh, there you go. Yes, that's. He's. I mean, he has a world record for most beers drank ever. Got big hands. Yeah. How many was it? Up. How many? How many beers? Oh, was it? something nuts. It's like several cases. And, and when he passed out and he collapsed on a table, the staff tried to move him. They just left him there. He slept it off. How much? Did he, he weighed like five hundred. So he was. He was a. He's a big he boy. He was a hefty boy. Yeah, he had. Yeah. What's oh, up, guys? How you doing? So so yeah. Uh, Andre, Andre the Giant for sure. Uh, yeah, come on. I mean, Gentle Giant, Princess Bride. Yeah. No more was, rhyming. I mean it. He was a lover. He was a fighter. Yeah. We should do a show in a Princess Bride at some point. Yeah. Inconceivable. <laughs> so what's yours? You know, Jimmy Superfly Yeah. yeah. I always like the, like the aerial stuff, man. Yeah. You know, uh, but... Yeah, Jimmy or uh, you gotta you, know, you gotta have the American Dream. Buster yeah, Rose. I mean you know I, I think of also like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Sergeant Slaughter, Slaughter right? Uh, you know, come on the Hulk, and of course North Carolina's own Ric Flair. <laughs> so yeah, they're all good. I mean that's come on. I mean we're of that age. I've been teaching Hank the the Ric Flair. Nice. Get, to, get, get a woo in. He's he's getting there. A lot of friends run into him all the time in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, like constantly. One of my friends moved from Pennsylvania to Charlotte, and she was like, "Oh my God, Ric Flair lives here!" <laughs> she like ran into him, like. I think he ever gets sick of like wooing. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I think he's wooing all the way to the bank. Oh, I think he's uh, okay. yeah, certainly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if I had, you know, if I could woo and make cash, I would, I would definitely trademark the woo from there. <laughs> all right, so let's see. Hardest, so we always, everybody screws up, right? Yeah. Big ones, little ones, sometimes it's like, oh, hey, this is, you know, I stubbed my toe, or hey, I think I may have cost us 10 grand. Sorry, honey. So, what's your hardest earned lesson, you think, in business? In business? Oh, man. You know, usually the hardest learned lesson in, it's not having a contract, not having things that should be written, written. And I, this isn't necessarily one lesson that I, I've learned. I've been pretty good with that stuff. But I had some friends that have really lost their asses by not having contracts with people and working and opening business with them on non, no contracts. Yeah. And get taken. That's almost been us a couple of times. Like, yeah. seriously, like, way overstating our own self. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pe- people literally help somebody else open a business, put in sweat equity from the get-go, are told verbally they're going to, be given part of the business and then when the when the after the the business gets open they're just fired and they're like well where's my part of the business uh, so you don't I learned that by lessons of watching others yeah. uh, for sure so, um, I can't like? think of anything off the top of my head that we've had we've had a lot of stuff happen and, and uh, it's all they're all hard lessons yeah. I mean, especially when it costs you money time and you might not be able to do something that you're hoping to do. Yeah, I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Right the now. Will Rogers quote: "So it's a, some people learn by reading, some people learn by watching, and some people got to piss an electric fence." Yeah, I am a fence pisser from way back. Oh man, so, uh, yeah. when I was a kid, growing up on that farm, 
we used to play hit the fence and yep. see and you know sometimes you catch it in between and sometimes you'd hit the ground yep. and yeah. uh yeah that's a that's an exciting feeling <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, grew up a, I grew up on a farm back in back in climax all right so uh so a newbie newbie creative entrepreneur type maker type it's one piece of advice you give them start small make sure you have enough capital State your day job until you can't afford the time to to not be at your day job anymore. So, if you have a, a passion, be ready to work, and be ready for failures, and be ready to hear a lot of no's. But you'll you'll know when you have to leap, uh. and sometimes you might leap and fall. But if you've got a good idea, you should be fine. Um, but don't open a brewery. <laughs> we don't need any more breweries in the area. I'm not just speaking out of uh, for, for my own sake, but for your sake. You're, it's a very saturated market. Yeah. So, dear people that like to brew beer, get a job at a brewery. Let somebody else pay your bills. Don't open a brewery. We don't need any more in the area. <laughs> get an MBA or a, a law degree. Those are. Yeah, hey, no. yeah. I mean, look. If you've got the aptitude in school to be a lawyer, a doctor, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Retire early, yeah, buy an island. Yeah, uh, a slinging. Yeah, a, a slinging I mean, all day. Yeah, I, like you know, you know, every day is a hustle. You know, we see each other. Yep. We're out in the streets. You're out walking around. You're talking to people. You're selling your wares. You're selling yourself all the time. It's great, but it's very challenging. And um, you know, not to be cocky about it, but you got to be better than me. And it, and it, it's it, it's it's a hard thing to do to to be out here doing this stuff. And um, and there's room for better, but man, it, it's that line's getting so thin. Yeah. And there's only so much beer that this city can consume, uh, with lots of other people being excited about it from other markets, bringing their beer in right. from breweries from other areas. So uh, yeah, don't open brewery. Find find your niche and exploit it is always an important thing too. Is figure out what you're good at, and and if what you're good at is something that people in the area need, then by all means go for it, and and try to be original. But try to find molds in other industries that can help you on your way. So maybe pull from other successful things that have happened in other industries and just make it fit your your idea. It's like a master class, that, Adam. That's that's great, man. That's yeah. good stuff, man. Uh, that's stuff I would have heard. But I, if I had gone to buy classes in school, <laughs> I think I probably would have heard th- something. Th- like this that. is this is from this is from sitting around and drinking beer and talking to other entrepreneurs. <laughs> and and hard knocks, but those those are all those are all things that I would definitely say that I've learned on my own or, or from other people along the way. In our, you know, look, it we've been open four years, but but the idea to open was eight years ago. Yeah, so it it didn't happen overnight. Sure, and that's the other thing. Do not expect anything to happen overnight. <laughs> no, except maybe failure. Yeah, that happens quick. Um, yeah, but success is something that. You don't, people don't get lucky. You bust your balls and you have people around you that work really hard and find evangelists that, that speak your word and, and support you. But it's, it success. And like, I, I look at like, we're paying our bills and we're paying our employees. Yeah. Like that's success. Yeah, like they no Yeah. Making payroll is always like, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's success. That's a big weight. That's um, it. You know, some people weigh it in other ways, you know, and, and then Entrepreneurship always isn't the best way to make 
financial rewards. It's it's more of a, a spiritual, personal reward, and you know, working for yourself is a reward in itself. Um, or working for your partners, you know, less bosses. Damn right. Um, so, now you guys do any kind of like brand ambassadorship stuff now? Like you're you're, you're doing like basically like putting folks out there, giving them swag, and having them. Yeah, I mean, there. the brand ambassador right now, we. we I'm the main one, but we do have a cycling ambassador, which is sort of fun. Yeah. I mean, talk about a, a dream job. How would you like to ride a bicycle in a rickshaw for a living? That's what the guy that just rode by does. Chris. I'm way too lazy to do that. But, but if you're a cycling enthusiast, like no, yeah, that's, that's his job is to go to cycling events, race in them, take our beer out there, drive the van, yeah. ride his bicycle, Race. So yeah. So beyond so beyond the brewery thing, how many how many rickshaws do you guys? Have you guys like you started the rickshaw thing at the same time? We started the, the rickshaw thing with the idea of having the brewery. We started that first. That's we right. Have, okay. Yeah, we yeah. have um five okay, rickshaws, cool. so it's not a huge fleet. Yeah. Never was supposed to be. It was just supposed to be um a good amount of rickshaws to be visible and to do the job right. Yeah. Not more, but better. Yeah. You know, to be a true concierge and have professionals that that ride and do it. So. Yeah. Um, that was always the idea, and it was a good. That was a good way for me to really get my feet wet in entrepreneurship, because it was a relatively small investment. Um, it was all the money I had, yeah. And uh, to understand, you know, learn some some hard knocks in business uh, about some really fun things, taxes and yeah. business permits and lawsuits and all sorts of fun stuff. Up, so yeah. uh, trademarking and. And employees and liability and insurance and all these things, <laughs> you know, that, uh, you know, are not glamorous, but are very necessary to learn. So that was a uh, that was like my boot camp for entrepreneurship. Besides the band, I mean, that was a, a business of its own. But, you know, early on, we made decent money with that later it was much less. So yeah. so I guess the band was probably the first endeavor. And that was actually, man, you want to learn a way to you want to learn social media. Start a band. That is, <laughs> no that kidding. is it. Oh, you I mean, need like, to. I mean, you... that was that was MySpace. Was like that was my social media like boot camp one hundred and one. You know, when I get home, I'm gonna, I'm gonna log into my MySpace account. <laughs> I, I mean, I've I, been locked out of mine for years. I, mean, I, just, I mean, they won't I, even let me back into my original. I'm like, I wonder. This is massive messages from like Sony Records offering us a million dollar contract. What the world needs is more like <laughs> glittery, you know, trailing. Uh, Isn't it funny how cursors? it morphed? Like when it first came, it was like uh, the Friendster. That yeah. you can play music on. Uh, I found I, so many good bands on on, on MySpace, and, and we booked so many like amazing shows because of that. You know, they they kind of had like a little renaissance a few years ago. Like they they like they. Well, they was got, it Justin Timberlake got on board or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Because everybody everybody ditched it to yeah. go on Facebook, and then all of a sudden it's like it's they got rid of all the crap, and then all yeah. of a sudden MySpace is like filtered. Like there's cool, there's nothing but cool bands on here. All yeah. of a sudden. I, don't know, I have no idea what they're doing. They may. Nah. I, I am thinking business on that, but yeah. but if they do have glittery gifts I'm, I'm all about it alright so uh, last question oh man who's the next person should be on the podcast next creative North Carolina entrepreneur maker man, or, you sh- want, or shaker and, and you mean here in Raleigh or just in North Carolina man you should talk to the guy from Freaker yeah dude that guy's a character he's all, was it Jeremy or Justin or what's his name I can't remember he, I've met him and he's like he's crazy around a but he's brilliant it's, he's he's awesome dude. Like everybody everybody's met up and just loves the guy. Yeah, so. I, I I mean there there's a personality for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also give me a tell excuse to go to Wilmington and hang out. Well, you know what else? You, go find Ric Flair. You should talk to Ric Flair. Oh, do totally it. Do that. It'd be awesome. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, who else? You know, um, 
people here in town, if you're going to talk to Raleigh or somebody, go talk to David Meeker. Yeah. I'll talk about somebody who's soft-spoken and has his finger in a lot of stuff, man. You know, and he never sleeps. No. You know, another person would be awesome to talk to is No Hands King. He's, on, he's totally on my radar. There he doesn't know it, Rodney. You're totally on my radar. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I won't talk about some other stuff because, like, brilliant dude. You should you should interview yourself as well. I think that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, no. no Hi, Johnny. No, no, it's no. Johnny. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Johnny. So. Well, cool. But, Adam, hey, man, thanks a lot. You guys should go check it out. It's crankarmbrewery.com. Crankarmbrewing.com. Brewing.com. Yeah. Cool. I-N-G. Yeah. And what's your, what's your address to here in downtown? Uh, so our address is 319 West Davies Street in the lovely warehouse district of Raleigh, North Carolina. That's beautiful downtown Raleigh. It is beautiful, especially now. Look at oh, that. It's like it's clear skies in 768 in February. This is great beer drinking weather. I mean. Well, not that there's any bad beer drinking weather, but this is fantastic beer drinking patio weather. No kidding, right? I mean, global warming. It's going to suck in the got, summer. <laughs> it's going to suck in the summer. It's going to be 115 degrees in March, but. And I love polar bears. Ah, no. Poor things. We're going to be like shave a polar bear day. Anyway, Adam, thank you so much. I appreciate it. High five. Come back to the high fives. Yes, bring it in. And uh, yeah, let's go do this. Let's drink some more beers. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cheers. Bye now. Later. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh podcast today. Check out the show notes for all the stuff we talked about today with Adam at RaleighRaleighRaleigh.com. If you like what you hear, share this podcast with a friend. Share with your daddy. Share with your mama. Share with your baby mama. Share with everybody. And please go to iTunes and rate and review us. Hey, and make sure to go to RaleighRaleighRaleigh.com and subscribe so you don't miss a single thing. As always, the Raleigh 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 podcast is brought to you by the House of Swank Clothing Company in beautiful downtown Raleigh. Check us out at 315 South Bloodworth Street near Moore Square or at houseofswankclothing.com. And make sure to use that coupon code Raleigh and get five bucks off your first order. Five dollars. Man, you should do that. So that's it. I'm John Pugh. I'm your host. And thanks again for checking us out. And man, make it a great day. Make it the baddest day. Make it the raddest day. Because we're in the raddest city, in the raddest state, in the raddest universe of the raddest everything Raleigh, North Carolina take care guys bye bye okay that was fun Oh man, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Listen to Adam pontificate and postipulate. 2017, the before times. Talking about rickshaws and all that kind of thing. Uh, just a reminder, we have moved the House of Swank to 119 East Hargett Street in beautiful downtown Raleigh. Beautiful downtown Raleigh. 119 East Hargett Street. But you can still use that coupon code at houseofswankclothing.com. And that coupon code is Raleigh. And that coupon code is for $5 off your next visit. Man, things have changed. Things have stayed the same. It's all good, though. All good. Take care of yourselves. This is John Pugh with the Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh podcast. Take it easy, y'all. Bye-bye.